G'day everyone, Peps and J-Dog, and here it is. It is the People's Weekend. It is the weekend where football lovers get to enjoy their last game before the corporates take over grand final day. It's preliminary final weekend, and I'm telling you now, it is single-handedly the best round of AFL football in the entire season. I look forward to it every year. You look forward to it every year, but as you can see, we both are looking forward to it even just a little more because our teams are in there. You're with Chris Pepper and the great man, Jamie the J-Dog Wallace, to talk about this week's preliminary finals. And my friend, I don't know about you, you've got the extra day, but I am feeling nervous, nervous, nervous. Um, Peps, hello and hello listeners. Uh, Peps, you should be feeling nervous. I just cast my eye across the team sheets and I've just been reading the uh, Twitter sphere and anything from Tom Brown. Um, concerning for you, Max Gorn has tweaked a knee today at training and um, is in doubt for tomorrow night's game. That's okay, Jamie. I was reading the same tweets mm-hmm. and apparently Robbie Gray, Ollie Wines and Travis Boke have all done hammies during the warm-up and will also be out for Saturday night's game. Perfect. It sounds like we're going to have a, a, a good weekend then. We're going to have a great weekend of footy. How, how pumped are you for, like, regardless if it was our teams playing, how mm-hmm. pumped would you be? It's just prelim final weekend. Like, it's, like it's we've even gone, we've even gone, get the double Cobras out tonight. We've gone sleeveless because we are that pumped. We, we, we haven't actually worn our jumpers all season because we've kept the lid on. Um, uh, that's the first time I've ever seen you without sleeves on in your 375, 374 gang career. Mate, I wore short sleeves many times. No, also, you didn't. I, I also wore the long sleeves many times. Peps. I used it as a deceptive weapon. Never seen a photo. All my, you know why? I was too fast. Camera wasn't quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's exciting, mate. I'm, I'm absolutely pumped for these two games uh, for different reasons. I'm pumped for your mob. And I'm pumped for my mob, but I'm just—I just hope we have two quality games of football where my team and your team win by about 15 goals each. That's what I'm—that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Best for a weekend. Little, I'm hoping for a little bit of West Coast Melbourne action, but this time Melbourne being West Coast. I was just going to say because that was not good last time you guys no, traveled there and played it prelim. Good. It wasn't good. But uh, look, we've got—we got lots of people on the chat. Tonight. No, no. Lots honestly, how are you feeling? This. Your game is tomorrow, Peds. I know. I'm nervy. I'm nervy. <laughs> What's work look like for you tomorrow? Are you actually going to need work done tomorrow I'll, or are you I'll, just going to be thinking about it? I'll have uh, – the, the only the – only, uh, the only work I'll be oh, – no, I've got a lot of work on tomorrow. I'm not going to lie. I've got, I've got mm-hmm. lots to do, but I'll yep. also be working out how many cans will I need to survive the game <laughs> uh, and potentially will I do a nudie run if the Ds get into a granny. That could you're, be that, that could happen. There could be a live nudie run if the D's get in the granny state. You'd do you'd do a nudie run just to make the grand final, not even wait for the grand final. Oh mate, you have got to get there. The, I reckon the prelim. Look, if everybody's played sport here before, right? The prelims are the hardest. Anything can happen on grand final day, but the prelims are the hardest because you've got to get there to win it, knowing that you're so close, so close, mm. so close. I do but, agree. Uh, I yeah, do I'm, agree. I'm a little bit nervous. I have the radio. I'll be checking out all the. Um, all the previews and everything else. But you know what? If you want to watch a preview, look, if you want to watch all the fluffy previews, go watch all the other crappy channels, right? But if you want a hard-hitting preview with lots of facts and lots of insights, it's not this one, but you're going to get two previews from the heart. We've, ne- we've never let facts get in the way of a good story. You know that on lace out. Never. And uh, for Tipped Out tonight, we're about to get into it too. So, mate, I'm going to start this one off because you know it's my team kicking off tomorrow night. It is the Demons of the Melbourne Bullock versus the Geelong Cats, the Serial Handbaggers, 
tomorrow night, Optus Stadium at 5.50 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, meaning that's 7.50 over here in the east. Mm-hmm. Looking at the Ds, in it is Michael Hibbard coming in for an injured Joel Smith and oh. James Jordan is the Medi sub. Shattered again. for Smithy, shattered. Very, very, very shattered for him. And uh, in for Geelong, none so far. And out is uh, Brendan Parfait because everybody loves Parfait. And Zach Guthrie will be replacing Parfait. So it's interesting to sort of see which way this is going to go. But the cereal handbaggers uh, against the – look, let's be honest. If you actually said to me at the start of the year, J-Dog, that these are going to be making a prelim, I would have said – Get off whatever you're snorting. Mm-hmm. Get off the Nadias, all right, because <laughs> there was no chance I actually saw any of this coming. Uh, but now that we're here, I want to. I just want to win it. I just want to get in there, and it's interesting. If you have a look over the last the last three games, two mm-hmm. of them have been decided by a goal or less, and there's even another yeah. one before that which was a goal or less as well. So the biggest margin over the last couple of years was the one earlier in the season where Melbourne won by about 25 points. But outside of that, these two tend to have close games. But there's a three-letter word, Jamie, a three-letter word that I'm going to say, which is going to, in my eyes, cost Geelong. And I'm saying it, the Ds are going to win this. Okay. So so what is the three-letter word? A-G-E, age. Okay. Age does not slow down for anybody, okay? You're always going to be one week older than the last game you played, except for it's by weekend. Or or what 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 about Wolverine? He doesn't age, okay? But Max Storm. That's out. You guys are going to lose. You're out. The Wolverine theory breaks your theory. Okay. I'm going to talk to the (laughs) listeners and the adults who listen to us, not you, Nuffy boy. All right. But if you put these two teams together, the average age of Melbourne versus the average age of Geelong, the midfields of the Melbourne Football Club average around about that 25, 26 margin. Geelong, Mm -hmm. you've got four years on that. Plus – They've also played that extra game last week. Regardless of how hard or slow it was, it's an extra game. It's an extra week of preparation. It's an extra week on the bodies. It's an extra week of travel. And I think that is going to, unfortunately, pay some dividends. There's also a four-letter word, which I hope, if it happens tomorrow as well, is going to make us even worse for Geelong. And it's this, rain. Rumor is that there's going to be rain at the game tomorrow. And if the ball is going to be hitting the ground, I think the fitter Ds will run over the top of the Cats. But let me just put some statistics in play for this because this is how tight these two teams are. If you go from a disposal side of things, Geelong averaged 51 possessions more than their opposition. Melbourne averaged around about 24 possessions. So Geelong like to keep their hands on the ball. They have a very high kick-to-mark ratio. They have 18 and a, 18.8 more marks a game than their opposition. So that chip. Mm-hmm. Control, chip, control, and then go into the Ford 50. Ford 50s are very, very similar between the two. So that chip mark that Scotty likes to do is going to definitely happen tomorrow. They can jack it up a gear, and they did that against the Ds only a number of weeks ago when they scored those eight goals in a row. Mm-hmm. I actually think that was more of an anomaly rather than uh, something that's going to potentially happen again. Okay, so – from a tackles perspective, Melbourne outranked their opposition by around about close to two tackles a game. Geelong, less than five in their opposition. So they don't like to get dirty. They don't like the contested game. 
Melbourne thrive on it. They thrive throwing the big bodies around. Petrarca, Harms, Viney, Oliver just love to get down and dirty. And then you've got the also the inside 50 tackles as well too. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a look at Geelong. They they rank least, right? They've got – they rank um, – they're ranked. Uh, they have the least opponent um, kicks, handballs, disposals, inside fifties, and goal assists. So they control the ball mm-hmm. when they get it. Mm-hmm. The issue is, is that if they're not controlling the pace, they're twelfth for tackles, meaning they can't get their hands back on the ball. Yeah, and we know when Melbourne are a very, very good contested mm-hmm. ball team, they get their hands on that pigskin. It's going to make it a little bit difficult. All right, the D's are ranked first for tackles, hitouts. Opposition points per game. They're the lowest uh, scoring defense in the AFL. You're also going to have a hitouts difference. You've also got an inside 50s difference and an mm-hmm. inside 50s they rank second as well too. So they get the ball in there and they also outrank um, inside tackles more than Geelong. The challenge though is Melbourne don't mark a lot around the ground. So they like to run the ball yep. and then hit up position. So run and handle, hit the position rather than kick, stop, kick, stop. And so they rank 13th for that as well too. Uh, they also average, uh, or they ranked for Geelong around about 650 metres more a game. So right. even though Geelong have a high possession game, they don't move the ball as much. And mm-hmm. I think if Melbourne keep that run and gun going throughout their game, it's going to be really just difficult for, just that, like I said, I'm not doubting the midfield, but they've just got a couple of older bodies. Selwood hasn't been himself. Um uh, Dangerfield hasn't been himself over the last couple of weeks. I know that they will rise for the occasion. Mm. Will they be able to rise for 100 minutes? That's the question. They might be able to raise for a half, three quarters. I'm not too sure. But I think that's something that's going to come into play. From a clearances perspective, both teams are even across the board. There's no differential, differential there. Uh, Melbourne rebound 50 more, but we know that Melbourne absorb into their back line and run and gun out of there as well too. So that's their sort of game style. So we, we know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and tackles inside 50, you're looking at around about 13 to just on nine. So four more tackles in. So when you've got uh, Pickett, Spargo and Neil Bullen hunting in there versus yep. the bigger bodies of uh, Cameron, Hawkins, Radigalia, Rowan as well too. So they're going for more of the marking power where the Ds are going for, bring it down to ground from to- um, Tommy McDonald, Ben Brown and the boys will swoop on that as well too. And then you've got Fritchie baby, the old Fritch magnet. Just running around, causing havoc as well, too. I was having a look at some of these matchups. Now, I'll tell you what, J Dog, you might want to put a bib on because you are going to salivate when you hear some of these matchups that are going to be thrown into this game. Go for may, it. Or, may or go to Hawkins. We know that's going to be it. May, um, he had a bit of trouble with him last time. I don't know whether that's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking, who do we put to Cameron? And I was trying to th- figure out do I put Petty to Cameron or do I put Hibbard to Cameron? And I think what I might do is I might put Hibbard to Cameron. And okay. I put Petty onto Radagalia just early on, just to see if we can nullify. He's just a bigger body on the man mountain of Radagalia. And if that doesn't work for whatever reason, matchup wise, you can swip, swap those two around. But I think uh, they're the three that are going to be uh, together. Yeah. I was just having a look at maybe um, Trent Rivers on Gary Rowan. My concern is a speed concern from a Gary Rowan side of things, okay? Yep. I think that Lever won't go to any of the majors. He might go to somebody like a Grind Myers mm-hmm. so he can be one out, and they did that over the last – they've done that quite a fair bit where uh, the majority of the backmen take the, the bigger targets and it allows Lever to play off his man, probably a less individual. But maybe maybe Geelong will probably work that out. They might send a tagger to him because yep. 
you have a look at that round 23 game, he was just picking things off. It was like picking cherries at, at festival time. Um, so that's my only concern is the speed of Rivers and Rowan. But we know what Gary Rowan, how he performs in finals. I'm not going to say it because he'll probably come out and rip me a new one. Hey, uh, he, had a, he had a great game last week. Kicked two goals. Yep. Cheapies, cheapies, but kicked two oh, goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he got his um, he got his McValue, McValue <laughs> meal cheapies out the back. Yeah. Uh, I'm just hoping for another uh, classic Gary Rowan final. That's all I'm asking for. Okay? Mm-hmm. But then when you have a look at the beasts in the middle, you've got Petrarca will go to danger, Oliver and Selwood. Uh, McDonald will go to Blitzarves. They're um, – they're just going to be two beasts, just two guys, and the best motors, two of the best motors in the league. So Blitzard's runs, Tommy Mack is always coming first, second, third in Melbourne's to- uh, time trials every season. So he's got a massive tank, and it's going to be his third game back after his injuries, and he's back too. Uh, Henderson will go to Brown. I, now, Tui's the interesting one. He's coming back for his second game after or a couple of weeks off with an injury. Yeah, Is he going to be slower for it? Mate, you know that usually the second game is the one that you struggle a little bit in? Will Neil Bullen go to him to nullify his runoff halfback? Or could you see Tui go into a picket? I don't. Or a Buse or an Atkins will go to him as well too. You've got mm. Gorn versus Jackson versus Stanley slash Radigalia Blitzarves. It's a matchup extravaganza. Uh, Harms <laughs> on the Guthrie. I could, I could, uh, Isaac Smith on Langdon. But where do we stop, J-Dog? Where do yeah. we stop? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just – I'm just – I'm double cobering at just what could come out of this game, but if look, I am, I've got the Melbourne hat on, right? And I really deep down think that I reckon it might be close for two and a half, three quarters, and I just, I just feel the extra week off, the age factor, will probably just run over them in the last quarter. I reckon maybe a three goal, four goal win. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to open up. We've, we've just seen it a number of times that Geelong are very, very slow starters, and if we can pinch them early, uh, we're a massive chance to win it as well too. And I just think the older legs, it's a bigger ground at the Stadium. They're going to be playing a fast team. They're not going to be playing the GWS reserves like they did the week before. It's going to be a completely different um, completely different team that they played last week. And, and fingers crossed, I reckon the Ds uh, are going to sneak in. Now, I know... There's some people who are on the chat here writing now, and he said that the Cats by 13, Dusty Parker, Dusty Tycoon. I think uh, I might Dusty. Ty- I might have to feed Dusty Tycoon to my dog next week, uh, Parker, because your, your tips are shocking. Um, he's saying the Cats by 13, so there's definitely some love for the Cats here, but predominantly a lot of what's coming in is the Ds, the Ds, the Ds, and, and I'm really happy that you've got my support. So Peps. I must say, can I, just, can I just say one thing? Sure. It's not just about me, it's my family. My whole family are Melbourne supporters, right? And the love machine, Marky P, has just written on the, the chat here that he's just spoken to Big Trev, that's my dad, and he's just spoken to him and he reckons that dad might not make it past the first 10 minutes of the game tomorrow night. You reckon I get nervous? He's shocking. He's shocking. But I know Craigie Jones from the Portraits Podcast, he says the cat's by five. Uh, look, it's, it's anybody's game. People think it's going to be tight. I I don't think it will. It's just, it's just excitement, mate. It's whoever's midfield wins wins the game. That's the way I see it. All right, some questions for you, Peps. Go for it, big boy. Are you concerned that three weeks ago Geelong did get out to a forty-four point lead in the first half of the game? Nope. Okay. They put five goals quick in the second quarter. They actually put, I think, uh, nine goals in nineteen minutes or something along those lines. Oh, was it nine? Okay, yep. Yeah. 
But also take into account, Jamie, have a look at that centre setup that Melbourne had going, and it was putrid. Mm-hmm. They tidied that up in the second half. They were bulls to, a, bulls to a red flag, and Geelong were getting on the outside. Second half, they reshaped it, held out a little bit further. Geelong couldn't get it out. Also, it's a lot easier. It's a narrower ground at Geelong. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of a, it's a more of a cleaner route towards the, the ends of the ground, goal squares. Um, and so I think it's, it was, it's a completely different environment as well too. And Are you concerned with taking Ben Brown as your key forward in a wet game? No. Okay, okay I'll put it this way. So Ben Brown is, is our concern. Okay, so in that forward line as well, you've got McDonald, mm-hmm. Fritch, mm-hmm. AMB, so Neil Bullen, yep. Spargo, yep. Pickett, Jackson yep. will flow in there. And then you've got goal-kicking midfielders. You've got Petrarca, Oliver, Harms, Brayshaw, Langdon can, can get the ground ball as well too. If I was yep. looking at Geelong and looking at if the rain comes in, who's their small brigade? They've got Cameron, mm-hmm. Hawkins, Radagalia, Rowan. Like you've got four talls down there. Okay. Okay. So if they've got four talls down there and it does start to rain, we're getting some reports from uh, Trops up here that there is no rain. <laughs> it could throw this theory completely up. But I just think that if it does hit – once the ball gets to ground, it's going to be a lot easier for Melbourne to pounce on it than I think it will be for, for Geelong. All right. With another one, mate. I've, I've worked all this out. I've studied the form for all right. seven and a half minutes tonight. For the listeners yep. and the watchers of football, what are the danger signs that Melbourne go to when it's not going their way? What are uh, some signs to go, oh, shit, Melbourne are a little bit off here? Uh, the second to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Kicking a lot of behinds. If they start kicking a lot of behinds, my phone could go through the wall. Yep. Um, I also think that they can get loose. As in loose coming loose out of the back line? Yeah, they, can get, they can get loose on their opponents and loose with their disposal as well too. Is that a concern that Geelong will just play their chippy game? Uh, they can play their chippy game as much as they like. And you know what? They played their chippy game with two minutes to go in a game a couple of weeks ago and look how that worked out. Mm-hmm. So the thing is they played their chippy game against GWS last week, right? Yeah. But GWS play a man-on-man defense. So as soon as you've got some space on your man or one person leaves space, another one can run into it. Melbourne don't play that. Melbourne play a, uh, a very, very well-structured zone defense. To be able to slice through that is not going to be as easy. What if – What if? What if? now, I'm not – once again, I'm all, on the, I'm all on the Ds. What if they don't – kick to the high balls in the forward 50? What if they keep them lower to a leading Tom Hawkins or to a leading Jeremy Cameron and don't allow don't allow a lever or a May to come across and intercept? So are you talking like daisy cutters or are you talking about caterpillar killers? I'm talking like daisy cutters. Oh, well, you can't stop daisy cutters, all right? But that comes down to the midfield. It's not the back line that have to stop that. That means that the, uh, the midfield are getting too much space and having time to, to slide those ones in. Yeah. Melbourne have to be two-way runners, and that's probably one of the things that they've uh, excelled in this year over mm-hmm. the last couple of years is they used to be a very forward-running team. Now they've yep. got that defensive element into it. They're actually more of a defensive team than the forward. Like if you told us that three years ago that Melbourne would be the best defensive team, we would have gone, are you kidding me? Yep. This is and- Melbourne. We, only, we don't know how to defend. <laughs> Should we talk about 187 again? Um, the I only – Yep. The only thing, Peps, I think, and you said it before as well, which is, which is awesome, is if Geelong start to get those loose free kicks sort of on the edge of the square, sort of maybe t- maybe 10 metres back sort of there, they're going to look for a short 25-metre pass to a leading hawk. Oh, exactly just take, right. It'll take out Lever and May. Like it'll what, you want, what May. you want is, is Geelong bombing it. That's what you want. But that all comes down to midfield and forward pressure. 
Yeah. And that's and that's what it is. I just think that I think Melbourne have had the week off. They're primed for this. Oh, absolutely. The thing is that there's they've been saying that the pressure's all on Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's completely the opposite. I think the pressure's all on Geelong here. And I don't care what anyone says. When you've got a finals record like this mob have, like it, it's it's like going to a brothel <laughs> fifteen times and not pulling one. <laughs> can't get it up. No you can't blue get pills. it up. You just no can't get it up. Pill. No blue pills. Can't get the red pill. Can't get the blue pill. Um, and and literally, you, you, you've jumped into bed. You've got one job just to get it in, and, and you and you can't. And that's happened like how many times in the last number of years? Like you get down, a, yeah. It, it, it's almost it's almost um, it's almost like watching The Bachelor in being the girl that doesn't get a rose. Classic. They're not going to get the final rose, but uh, I think they're primed for it. I think um, I think and Melbourne's also football's just a contested beast. I think they just they're just going to contest them and. Oh look! I just hope it. I just hope it's a good game, mm-hmm. and that's all we ask for. So yep. yeah, it's just exciting. Football's exciting this year, and I couldn't care who was playing. Like if you go over the last three years and have a look at prelim football, oh. mate, we get chubby, mate. We get yeah, babies, we what? get we get babies' arms holding apples, mate. When it comes to prelim, football. except for last year, a Geelong Richmond Grand Final. Oof. Yep. Oof. All right. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, just one thing, Nikki Saras has jumped on here. And uh, Dickie's racer said, look, Peps, can you go live tomorrow night during the game? I need to see one of your famous rants. I'll tell you what, Milne, regardless of what happens, I will be ranting. Yes, I'll be disappointed if they don't win, but I'll be bloody excited if they do because I didn't ex- expect us to be where we are um, and hopefully it's the catalyst for a lot too. So we'll, we'll see what happens from here. But there's only that's only one game. We've spent a bucket load of time on one game between the Ds and the Cats. It's time to hand it over to the J-Dog because if anybody knows, he's not just wearing um, – he's obviously not wearing a, a jumper, a sleeveless jumper and hide to show off those arms. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I haven't seen arms that bad for a since, long, long since, time. Since Clayton Oliver. Since Clayton Oliver. Certainly I've seen, <laughs> I've seen better arms in a chair. So, J-Dog, take us through your game Saturday evening, the Port Adelaide Power slash Magpies versus the Western Footscray Bulldogs, 7.10 p.m., at Adelaide Oval. Adelaide Oval. Absolutely. Take away, big boy. All right. Adelaide Oval, uh, as Peps has said, 7.40 Melbourne time, 7.10 Adelaide time. So just going through the key lineups here. Out for Port Adelaide is Sam Powell Pepper. He has been omitted. Dan, Houston, uh, Dan Houston's playing the 100th game. Uh, amazing job, Dan. Um, come in as a, on the cross of the half-back line there. Winger, great kick. Absolutely one of those key key kicks. Just really quickly, Jamie, I think mm-hmm. that's the first time a Pepper has ever been eliminated from a finals team. That's how that's how good we are. <laughs> um, all right, coming to Western, Western Bulldogs, much more turmoil in this part here. My goodness. They have had to do it the hard way. A hard game against Essendon down there in the slop at Launceston. They're still whinging about the free kick count. Um. Then up to Queensland for another hard game against Brisbane Lions where it was a one-point Nathan Vandermeer who get, who kicked the little uh, dribbler through. Vandermeer. Now, they have had a bit of an injury crisis over the last week. So coming in this week for Western Bulldogs is Stefan Martin who just needed to come in. He has so underdone. I'm not sure how we get through. He's got... He's basically a walking a walking rehab patient. Groin, hip, knee, back, 
he's got it all. He's got it all. So whether he's going to be right to play, he hasn't played since round six or 12 or something during the year. We'll see how it goes. They needed something there to nullify uh, Scotty Lysett and um, Peter Adams because Tim English is in a ruckman at the moment and Jordan Sweet's just sitting there doing sweet FA. I don't know what they're going to do there. And Zane he was Corby. A lot better, but he was a lot better in that second half last week. He did make a massive difference in the middle, Tim English. You've got to remember, he got that last clearance. He squared it up. Yeah, he squared it up. With a dodgy free kick. Don't forget that. Um, all right, Zane, Zane Cordy uh, also comes in for Western Bulldogs. Going out is Alex Keith, which came through today, this afternoon. Twanger, another twanger. Twang. So he is the absolute key pillar down there in the back line and probably the one backman that you would be like – not to lose, he is the one that they've lost. Um, so that's a big blow. You've also got Cody Waitman who got concussed uh, throughout that second quarter in the Brisbane game. We spoke about Tuesday night, also out. So he is that little, uh, you know, let's talk about it, the, the Cozzy Pickett of oh, the Western oh, Bulldogs. Don't say that. There's only one Cozzy Pickett. <laughs> he is um, the little one that gets around. He's a, and, he and is a pocket rocket, isn't he? He is a pocket rocket. And Lewis Young's been omitted as well. And there's also a bit of an injury cloud over Bontem Pally, which is he's playing, he's listed. So let's just go with it from that one there. Yep. Um, just going through some of these lists here and how it's all going to play out, just my initial thing is does Western Bulldogs have the quality of cattle to go against Port Adelaide? The greatest thing about the season is we just had a snapshot only about three weeks ago, which sort of gave us an idea of um, where this game could go. Port Adelaide managed to walk away with a two-point victory after um, going down by 22 points in the third quarter and sort of looking like it was done, but Port Adelaide kicked the last three goals of the game. Um, some of the key things there, that was the game that we managed to lose Mitch Georgiatis, who's one of, our, one of our young key forwards. Um, and unfortunately... With Mitch gone, Port does look a little bit more dangerous in the forward line because Mitch Georgiatis, for those Port Adelaide people out there, dynamic, fantastic, flies for the marks, but he does get in the way of Dixon quite a bit. With him gone out of there, Todd Marshall is the whipping boy of Port Adelaide, but he at least stays out of the way of Dixon and allows the smalls to go to work where um, with Georgiatis, you had him being him spoiling Dixon a lot of the time um, and then getting in the way. So. We'll see what happens there. Um, Port had a very comprehensive win against Geelong as well. So the great thing is Port has had that week off where Western Bulldogs have had to play some pretty tough games there uh, or in tough conditions. Um, some of the key parts where Western Bulldogs are strong is always going to be in that um, center clearances. Now, they have been way off, way off in the last six weeks. Um, and have been beaten quite soundly. Like we're talking, where is Trelaw? I know he's a he's a halfback sort of plays through the centre occasionally. The good thing is McRae's been amazing. Um, he oh. has been in there, 34 disposals average this season. That's an amazing run. But in the same time, who goes with him? We've got Tom Liberatore in there, 27 disposals. He gets involved in there. But we're talking our centre being wines, averages 32 possessions. We've got... Boke, who goes through there and picks up another couple, another 30 average for the season. So those two in tandem play well together. Um, was I going with that one there? So for me, 
What to watch for is our forward line. It's always been Port's Achilles heel. We get the ball a lot. We kick the ball into our forward 50 a lot, but whether or not that functions, and I think it will this week. Orazio Fantasia's back, and we saw what he did against Geelong. Kicked four goals. We had Motlop, even though he's not much of a during-the-season player, he is a fantastic foil also running through that forward line, and he's, he is he is a bit Motlop, of a honest man. Motlop- you know, Port's Gary Rowan. Not if he's got the support around him. He's not. He's not. He's not a Cosy Pickett type or a Bailey Fritch type. That's not his role. His role is the third or fourth preferred attack to goals. Okay. Um, he needs someone. He needs a, an Arazio or someone zipping around to take that player on him. And then Motlop then gets free to do his little bits of pieces there. Motlop is a big Motlop for me is a big game player, and I guess that's where Kenny sort of wanted him for. Um, so our forward line is looking pretty good, and I was looking at Western Bulldogs back line. I'd be nervous. I'd be really nervous about this. We're talking Eastern Wood, who's being below average across all the statistics there. Um, Ryan Gardner. I mean, yikes, coming in for this game against Charlie Dixon, Bailey Williams. Um, across the halfback, we know Caleb Daniels is amazing. We know that Zane Cordy has been pretty good. We know Bailey Dale has had a fantastic season. Mm. I'm just failing to see, Peps, um, where, this, where they can score from, Western Bulldogs, and that's been a concern now for a while with Josh Bruce going down. Um, we saw they've made a good run at it. They've obviously beaten some teams along the way to get to the prelim. But for me, Peps, it's Port Adelaide who I feel should be comfortable. But there are some things that are going to hold us back. What makes me nervous is all the planets have aligned that Port Adelaide should walk this one in. That makes you me nervous. You should walk this one in. You should it's be an, over by half time. It's an eight-letter word that basically yeah. – Tears apart everything, and that is the word underdog. So, if someone's an underdog, to, it just ruins everything. I just need to throw this one at you, J Dog. Sure, one of our loyal listeners, Roscoe the Donk Bartlett. Good luck, guys. If you need any advice on prelims, <laughs> just ask. Okay, massive Richmond man. All I have to do is just ask him and say, "Can you tell me?" Should we play like Richmond in the 2017 prelim or should we go 2018 prelim? Is somebody going to come out and do a Mason Cox on you this year? Could somebody come – could could someone like a Josh Shackey come out and have an absolute blinder against you? It's not and against- be the 2020 Mason Cox. Will Mitch Hannon be the 2021 Mason Cox? Uh, it's well, not- Adam Trelaw, after everything he had last week, be the 2021 Mason Cox. Because you, you should literally walk this game in, and that's what happened that year. Mm, um, it's, not, it's not unlike Port to do that to themselves. The only people who can beat Port this week, looking at those team lists there, is Port Adelaide. They're the only team that can beat themselves. Yep. Um, the center's looking better. They get more. They get. They don't get more um, clearances, but they get hitouts and they get more stoppage clearances. Um, their inside fifty has been more damaging, especially the last six weeks. They get their hands on it more. They do more possessions, more kicks, more marks. That's not Western Bulldogs' game. 
and we've also got the the the, uh, the big beautiful halfback there, Alia Alia, who is going to take an average two times, averaging two times, averaging six to, uh, six um, uh, intercepts a game, intercept marks a game. I don't see how Western Bulldogs going to do it, but once again, it's the Port Adelaide factor. It's the Port that's been probably like you, Peps, buried deep inside us, where we've seen our teams absolutely balls this up. And that's what makes me nervous about Port Adelaide. What, what excites me really is, mate, we tanked, you tarped. And now look at where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't know. <sighs> I just don't know. So a couple of questions to you. Yes. You mentioned that you mentioned uh, the big fella uh, mm-hmm. earlier, earlier. What if mm-hmm. somebody, you know, if I was if I was playing against your mob, mm-hmm. I would send someone like a, a Josh Shackey mm-hmm. just to follow Alir Alir. Wherever Alir Alir goes, you just go. Go yep. with him. Yep. And make him accountable. Mm-hmm. Yep, not a bad uh, idea. Even if he comes two in one, do you see that being a concern? Uh, great question. That's Thank what you. happened against Geelong back when we played him early in the season. They put a Lee on Jeremy Cameron, and Jeremy Cameron just made him a cannibal, running him up the ground, running back, running him up, running down, and buried him. Okay. I don't see that happening because Kenny now knows that if that's happening, a Lee needs to go into the back line and find another matchup because that- – They'll just rotate happen. that around, but they'll just rotate that around. Yeah, I, I don't see Alirali moving out of the back line at all. I don't think Kenny will ever repeat that again. Either does Shaxx, so that's the other thing. Um, Charlie Dixon, we know he doesn't fire against <laughs> top eight teams. You know, mate, you've said it myself. Like even the boys in the Portress who are on here, they'll know that Charlie Dixon, but his role now isn't more about being a, a goal-kicking no. kicking bags. It's more about bringing it to ground as well too. Yeah. To give Arazio, like, like as much as he didn't play at Essendon, Arazio has been one of the key pieces to Port Adelaide getting this again and being in a position they are in the prelim final. This is this is why we got Arazio in. This is why we brought Ali Ali in because they were some key missing pieces that we missed last year. Yep. Okay. Um, what happens if someone, as an example, mm-hmm. ones that I'm not concerned, I'm concerned about. Uh, we know how good Robbie Gray is. Mm-hmm. What happens if he doesn't fire? And I know it's a very, very because he, he he doesn't kick one or two. He's clutch for you. I'm, if he doesn't fire, I'm I'm okay with that because it's going to come to a time when we're going to have to have those young kids step up, like a Butters, who is the Robbie Gray V two. We've got you know Dersma who's coming into the forward line and, and kicking absolute darts. We've got. Rosie, who can who can run through there? Um, yeah, so that's what I'm worried. That's 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 a good concern though. Um, but if 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 Gray can get on a couple of a couple of uh, clearances, um, maybe snag a goal or two, that's a fantastic result for us. And how do you where? where so I know we've got the you got the two beasts in there, such as um, Oak and Wines. We know that. Mm-hmm. But how do you combat? Bailey Smith, who played really well last week. Dunkley, mm-hmm. really well last week. Hunter, really well. Yep. Uh, Trelaw was down. I don't think he's going to have another one because the week before he was sensational against Essendon. Yep. Uh, the bonds, even the bonds at 70% is a lot better than most people at 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom Libertorio, like, there's six or seven quality midfielders that you have to stop. Yep. You know, you know if, if, if one falls over, there's plenty of others to cover. Do you think you've got the manpower in a midfield sense? Not at, not at the... The, the 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 forward or in, and the back line in have mm-hmm. you got enough to cover uh, running through the middle? 
Yeah, I think we do. We've got um, young kids like Miles Bergman and Willem Drew who have jumped into a jumped into our into our centre line area, our centre setup, which has been fantastic. Um, Darcy Byrne Jones have been playing a lot better in the last couple of weeks to lock that down. We've got you know we've got we've got Butters, we've got Dersma, we've got um, even Riley Bonner. Who I, I spoke we spoke about this at the start of the year. I thought he was the absolute whipping boy put out of late. He has stepped up a lot. Um, and I think for us, what we have are players that are just as damaging that if we start getting first use of the ball, which I fully expect us to do with the combination of our rucks, that's going to be more damaging. Attack, better than defense. All righty. So I'm going to ask you the magic question right now, J-Dog. Mm-hmm. Who's the X factor? Who, who's going to be the one? Who's who's the X factor from each of your team, each of these teams that is going to be the one that uh, will win it for them? So who's the one that's just going to be the should he play well? He got us over the line or set us up for this win. Um, for us, I think our X factor is going to come from. Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to back Zach Butters in to have a huge game. Yep. Okay. Um, and for the dogs, I think it's going to come from someone like a. Ooh, I wonder if Jason Johannesson may step up. He hasn't done anything for a while, has he? He has not he done hasn't. anything for a while, so he's definitely due from that perspective. But he has. He 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 can do it. He yeah, can. He was. Do it. He did that against uh, Essendon a couple of weeks ago. He had, he kicked the goal. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was another one that was literally touched off the line or touched. So he, he can spark it up if, if he needs to as well too. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mate, so prediction, give me a points. And uh, listeners right now, give us a points. Who's it going to be and why? Um, <laughs> Funny enough, why you say that though, the, the Western Bulldog supporters are going, JJ, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> no, JJs, trade him. <laughs> they don't want to trade him. Hey, he made it, he made it into the team. Should, he made it into the team. Should bring in Mitch Wallace. Oh, stupid! Don't get me started on Mitch Wallace. All right, how um, much? So Port, um, I'm going to go 33 points, and I'm going to go Charlie Dixon with three goals. Interesting. Okay, so uh, for your game, and mm-hmm. we'll reverse this in a moment. For your game, I'm thinking. I actually think this. It could be very. I think the games could be very similar. I think the dogs have got a lot to play for. I just wonder if they've, they've spent enough petrol tickets. And, and what I do think is this. If if they play like they did last week, mm-hmm. it's going to be massively close. Okay, mm-hmm. And if they do sneak through, whoever makes it out of the Geelong-Melbourne game will mm-hmm. win it, win the flag. Yeah. All right? But if your guys get through, that's, it's going to be competition mm-hmm. because I just think that Bulldogs can go three weeks. I just don't think they can go four yeah, and so I think yours is going to be a little bit more than mine. I reckon yours may be five five odd goals. I reckon you'll. I reckon there's going to be a point in the game where you just you just spark not a run of five, but you might run a, a run of three, and then a run of two, and then a, another run of three, and you'll be able to just break that out as well too. <laughs> Your brother's um, a dickhead. My brother's a dickhead. Yes, no, Mark. The uh, X factor will not be Elty and Child living, living you, in a cave. Just living in a cave. It was a fantastic covers album. If you can get a chance, listen to it. Um, what about my game, mate? Who are you tipping and by how much? Um, I'm going to go the Ds because I've been on the Ds all season, Peps. I've been loving it, and I'm going to go them by – it's a tight one. 
It's a real tight one, Peps. I'm going to go less than 10, mate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 10 goals? 10, 10 goals. points. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. It's yeah, not no, where he wants to spend your Friday night stressing out, but no. they're just I'll, tight. They're just tight games. They're just tight games, and that's why they're the best games. All right, listeners and viewers. We've got some coming through. Just before we finish up, we've got some on the mm-hmm. chat coming through. Port by four points, port by 31, port by 28. That's coming from a doggy supporter. So I think he's um, taken it. He's got a first-class seat on Mark Neal's reality bus. Uh, the D's by 53, port by 30. Just keep dropping them in. I hope um, it's a good win for us. And, if, and can I tell you what, listeners, can you do us a favour? Here's what you can do, right? If the planets really align, and Melbourne and Port make the grand final because if it does happen, <laughs> we want you to contact the front bar. We want you to contact the Herald Sun. We want you to contact media outlets and contact say, Eddie. contact everyone because you know what? It'll make the paper. These two guys run a podcast. They've been doing it for four years and their teams are in the final. It's going to be, it would be berserk if it actually happens. But let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Lee Moss gets stuffed. Um, 6,200 and who gives a shit? That's how many days since you've won a final. And um, don't give me maybe Bombers and it was 21 years ago. So your team, forget about it. Go Ds. I hope, I hope that, um, I hope that um, Brenton Thornton hasn't been waiting for us to tell him he's for dinner. Thorno, ever in doubt, mate, always go chicken schnitzel. Awesome. And listeners, you can always go tipped out. Let's just say uh, you're going to jinx them both, Peps. Oh, shut up, Mossy. All right. That's it, everybody. Look, there's your preview. Hopefully next week you're going to have two ecstatic guys leading into our preview for the week after. Cats versus Western Bulldogs grand finals. Uh, Gay, thank you very much for joining the show. Uh, It's the end of the show, and that's probably a good thing with that type of comment. All right. (laughs) Have a great week. Look after yourselves. We'll see you next week, uh, and hopefully your team wins. Jamie? You too, Peps. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Go, Dees. See you, listeners.